Farm to Famine. It's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's Best Source. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition, along with Paul, the producer, and myself, John Roberts, sitting in today on the Great Reset, which is brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says, Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And Executive Properties also does garage door repairs and replacements, too. Tell you what, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call or text us. Our number is 701-213-0863-701-213-0863. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've had some uh, technical difficulties here at The Great Reset. I think we maybe got that stuff figured out. But as usual, The Great Reset, not on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, You know, they got that stupid jail thing at Facebook. But... If you want to listen live, go to gfbestsource.com. Click listen now. It's all live. If you would like to chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. And uh, we're on Rumble too, all right? Uh, It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. So there are ways to get a hold of us and still listen and watch the show. Uh, Before we get into it too deep, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, So I was flying a kite the other day. I was all flying a kite, and this guy actually asked me, so you're flying a kite? I replied, nope, fishing for birds. Oh, Dale didn't like that one. What'd nope. you th- thumbs up, thumbs up. What did you think I of that one, Paul? Thumbs up. I think that's pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fishing for birds. Oh, you did give me a thumb up. All right, well, then let's do this. I mean, cause, uh, what, imagine if you caught one. <laughs> um, came very close before. <laughs> I've come very close before. Um, how are you doing today? I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Just got got out of the dentist, yeah. and they didn't make anything hurt this time, so oh, that's that, was, nice. that was kind of a plus. That's kind of nice. And you know, uh, no, normally you get that, like, it's, well, yeah, it's uh, like that uh, sharp pain that... That's, just, like, coming through the top of your head? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> How you doing? I'm well, thank you. I, do they still, the dentist, do they still, you know, the dentists, dentists are the originators of the euphemism. Uh, they're the ones who really came up with it. Oh, uh, yeah? Like, yeah. Like, uh, now this, you may feel a little pinch, <laughs> yeah. right? That, do they still use that one? You may oh, feel yeah, a, little a little pinch. pinch. And then, ah! Yeah. That, that wasn't a little pinch. You might be, maybe <laughs> that was feel more like a, little, a big stab. Yeah, by a, you feel a little pinch by this big vice grip <laughs> I've got here. Oh, no. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah big plans. me by the but nerves. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any big plans for the fourth? Uh, yes, I'm uh, actually my uh, my son uh, Aaron is coming up from Bismarck. He's, okay, he's working in Bismarck now, and he's coming up for the fourth. And so I'm happy for that. We're going to do our typical family. We do. We used to do barbecue uh, with you know we do the shish kebabs mm-hmm. on the on the grill, and then I would grill them. But but uh, for some reason, one year we did them. We just cook, my wife cooks them in the oven, mm-hmm. and. That turned out really, really well. Liked so, it that way, huh? Yeah, so okay. we're gonna just do that again. So well, that sounds fun. Uh, but well, yeah, but we'll we'll be remembering what the country is all about. And yes, yes, about and, and the, what the holiday is all about. Yes, what it really means, and it's not about cookouts. No, right? 
It's about freedom and liberty. Yeah. And uh, by the way, there will be no Great Reset next week because it is on the 4th of July. But um, That's right. I'll be thinking so, about it. So we'll have to get in twice as much content today there we to go. make up for the fact that we won't be here next. All right. Um, I, I, don't have much, I don't have much this morning. Uh, just a few things that I normally talk about. Joe Biden's approval rating, uh, by the way, is the highest since last August. Uh, a whopping 43% now. Uh, and Biden being torched about, you know, it's so funny how a guy can act so dumb. Well, I don't know if he's acting or not, but he's, he's, he's been getting torched in the media about denying knowledge of Hunter's business deals. Um, and the thing is, he even lies about lying, and we all know it, but he still does it. And the thing is, it's like, don't you have a bad conscience? I don't think he realizes it. I, I just think he's that far out there uh another pro basketball player this time it was a pro dominican basketball player 28 years old uh had gone to the doctor he said he was having problems uh he thought they were heart problems and he thought it was um from the vaccine he died uh 28 years old died after having a heart attack from the covid vaccine um and i I guess that's about all i have right now and that's tragic yeah, uh, it's tragic. Those tragedies are going to continue to uh, manifest around the world as people um, keep following the mantra, you know, safe and effective right. and just get the shot. And uh, by the way, if uh, we do run into more network problems today, um, just catch the replay. that should be posted online by about one o'clock this afternoon. OK, or else uh, on the either on the Midwest Public Health Coalition Facebook or uh, you can check us out here, too. Uh, all right. It's not going to happen, though. No. Because me and Dale, we spent you guys, hours fixing this. Yeah, I think Did you guys you? got her figured out. Right. Good for you. I think you got her goosed, man. Yep. Right. Um, farm to famine. Farm to Title famine. Title today. Yeah, what's what's going on? By the way, I want to thank you both. For, I mean, I, I'm feeling good today because my two... You've got two of my biggest fans in the studio, and I just want to point them out. Um, right here. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> so you could use one of those. It's hot in here. Somebody turned off the air conditioner again. Uh, well, you turn the air conditioner on, and you leave, and pretty soon we're in here freezing. <laughs> you had Courtney in here. You should have seen her. She had uh, doing her the, the, the put a fork in a deal, and uh, she's got the fan going. <laughs> she looked like a model. Hair's blown. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Nice. No, uh, we could turn it back on. Uh, Oscar Cabrera. Yeah, that was the guy. Anyway. So, so uh, you know, you both remember that a couple of years ago here uh, on The Great Reset, um, I don't even think it was called The Great Reset at that point, um, when it became obvious that the whole COVID thing was just part of a larger plan to depopulate the world, I pointed out that the easiest way to kill a lot of people really efficiently and cheaply mm-hmm. is to take away their food. Sure. Then they die on their own. We know that, uh, you know, what are there now? What, what is it? Eight, 8.5 billion people in the world today? Too many. 8.5? It's not too many. We Actually, we... The, I'm not going to go way back, but but back in the 70s, I think there was some some wacko guy, I'm not even going to mention his name, who came up with this idea called carrying capacity. Mm-hmm. So the earth can yeah. only carry so many human beings, and it's dangerously close, and we've got to stop it from growing. But um, the fact of the matter is that uh, as the population grows, so does technology. Uh, so we can, for example, we can farm the, the amount of produce that we can get out of an acre of farmland mm-hmm. today is like 10 times greater than it was sure. just 100 years ago. Yep. Because we've got more people working on how to make that work. Mm-hmm. Now we've got, you know, I'm sure you've heard of vertical farming. Yep. Okay, so, 
so the idea that we're going to run out of arable land uh, to produce food is kind of ridiculous. I, I don't think that will ever happen. But it doesn't matter because we've got some people who I think are, frankly, psychopaths. Oh, yeah. Who are going on that premise, and they're going to save us from ourselves by culling the population. Mm. Okay, so that's actually um, funny. Like a buddy of mine, he was going to start one of those vertical um, planting yeah. plants. Vertical farm, yeah. Vertical, yeah, vertical farm plants. Um, but there are so many regulations and things that he couldn't do it in uh, North Dakota for some reason or another. Well, what but, was he going to grow? Well, no, it wasn't weed or anything. Oh, okay, was, but, okay. <laughs> But uh, the other thing, too, is, uh, I mean, because you made me think of uh, the George Carlin skit where the school system is intentionally making it so people don't have critical thinking because they want the the elites want to be in power. Mm -hmm. And if people can think for themselves, they're going to lose that position. I mean, we should be living in space right now. I mean, because (laughs) if we had had the the population Mm -hmm. that we have, but people were actually getting a decent education, we would be leap years ahead of where we are right now. Right, exactly. Dr. Dr. Stanislavski and I have had that conversation multiple times that we should be living in uh, really close to utopia because we have so much information with so much technological know-how today so much under so much science science has made such great achievements in the last 30 40 years but the problem is that if if morality and this is a key factor if morality doesn't keep pace with technology uh it becomes really bad really fast Mm -hmm. you cannot throw out look whether people want to admit it or not god made all of this he created us he made man in his image He's the one that establishes boundaries for things like the ocean and things like human sexuality. God establishes boundaries, and he does it for our good. And when we, when we follow those boundaries, when we respect those boundaries, we do well. And when we want to break them down and say, no, no, I don't care. I mean, what happens if you've got a beautiful house right on the coast, and, uh, and all of a sudden the ocean decides, no, I'm not going to respect that boundary anymore. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go another three miles inland, right? Which you get, well, maybe not three miles, depending how big it is. But when you get, when you have a, 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 a um, what do you call it, a tsunami, uh, what happens? That's not good. If you're living there, that's not good. Boundaries need to be respected, or, or disaster results. So um, the the moral. The moral boundaries that are established by God, they work whether you believe in God or not, by the way. So if you're a, if you're a complete atheist and, and you're a, a strong follower of, of Jesus and you trust, you believe everything that he says, and you live right next to each other, and you think that stealing is wrong and lying is wrong and sleeping with your neighbor's wife is wrong, you, you believe all those things are wrong, even though you don't believe in God— mm-hmm you're still going to be a safe and, sure. and, and probably helpful neighbor to have yep. next to this guy, even though you reject mm-hmm. the origin of those mm-hmm. morals, right? But when you start saying, yeah, no one's going to tell me what to do with my life. No one's going to tell me how to live. Then you have massive trouble. And, and we are, we've been sliding sliding down uh so i, th- I think for, of it more a long of a, time the, as a the society. scale of like a like a, yeah the scale of a society if, if you know if you take the you know romans or whatever you know and they're they are, have these set of rules and an educational system in place and everything but then you have the barbarians and they have no morals or care about anything 
Right. And, you know, if we're the Romans now and we're starting to act like barbarians, yeah. society is going to collapse. It will collapse. Yeah, it, it cannot stand. It cannot stand uh, with, without a Look at uh, California. moral foundation. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not. Right? Uh, I was there. I was in California about 20, no, it was about 18 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And, um, and it was already going in the wrong direction. We've got some friends that are there. My wife used to live there. Uh, she, was, uh, she worked at a ministry there for nine years. And um, it was pretty decent then, my, but my it was parents, starting to slide down. My parents lived there for a while after uh, Vietnam. My dad yeah. got stationed there. I and lived there for a while. I lived there for about a year and a half, two years. She said an earthquake was the scariest thing she's ever yeah, done. I slept yeah. through them. I never, I never got to experience one. I slept <laughs> through a couple of them. Um, I did experience many firsts, though, in California. I saw things for the first time, many things. Um, it was a great place to be, but like David said, you could see the writing on the wall. It wasn't meant for me. I mean, I almost got beat up by people because they found out I was a bear hunter in northern Minnesota. You know, it, it's a little De- weird. DeSantis just went and made a visit over there, and I know it was a political move, you mm. know. But he said that as soon as he got there, you're people crapping in the streets, oh, smoking yeah. crack, you know. Needles everywhere, needle, yeah. poop. You know how much those people make that their job is to pick up crap on the streets of San Francisco? Yeah. They're making like 200000 a year. And all these businesses are what? moving out of there because yeah. they got to board up their windows mm-hmm. and the tax regulations are so high. I mean, it's just it's just bad governance yep. altogether. All yep, yep. You know, it's interesting because, uh, John, when he said that, I, I saw this expression come over Dean's face and went, 200000 a year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could to wear a hazmat suit and pick up poop yeah, and needles. Yeah, right, suit up, yep. get your gloves on, and go go after twenty foot yeah. pole. Yeah, yeah. except two hundred thousand a year is like fifteen thousand a year in North right. Dakota. Right, that's right. just it. You're 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 also renting a one bedroom apartment for you know a, for probably six grand a month. A month. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Or ridiculous. More. Yeah, or more. yeah. And and you know, I I have friends that live out there, and they're great people. They're hardworking people. And I will see them here in about the next month when they come up for racing. But um, I always give them a hard time. I always say, you know, I, I wish there was a big earthquake and your state would just fall off the continent. We wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. And they agree with me. Uh, they say, but it'd be nice if we could move our stuff first. And I agree. So, well, you know, and I, I've also heard, you know, because you lump California into a hole. And I've heard that there's actually a lot of suburbs and stuff in California that are totally against all that, too, and oh, there conservatives. Is. And, 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 and you go to California, like they, the Californians consider it two states. They consider it a southern and a northern, yeah. almost like it's two different states. And, and I was right up in the East Bay, right up the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, but which they would consider northern California. I considered central. Um, but when you go north from there, it, it's completely, completely different than it is down south. So. Yeah, and even so, I'll just make this one last comment, and then we can move on from California. But uh, it's interesting in the film industry, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, well, in the film industry, you've got the on-screen people and the off-screen mm-hmm. people, right? Mm-hmm. And the on-screen people, almost without exception, I mean, there are exceptions. Um, John Voight is an exception. Yep, uh, there are others. Um, but most of the folks on screen, they're they're super liberal. They're oh, between big time. between liberal and communist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the folks that are off screen, 
the guys that are pushing the dollies and running the cameras and uh, making sure the lights come on and that the mics are everything mm-hmm. is good. The ones that don't make a million a year. The ones that don't make a million a year. <laughs> they still make good money because they're unions, but uh, but yeah, the ones that don't make a million a year. Uh, those folks, as a rule, are conservative. So it's very interesting. Yeah. They don't say much, right? They, they're behind the scenes, so they kind of keep to themselves, and they don't let the big stars know what they're thinking. You know, <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff gets me because a lot of these big stars, uh, I'm going to say like music acts, um, you pay ungodly amount of money now for tickets to go see a live concert. And if you're going to get up there and start using that as your platform and start talking about your political beliefs and all of that crap, you should have warned me beforehand because I wouldn't have spent the money on the ticket. You know, I, I'm, I'm a huge Neil Young fan, huge mm-hmm. Neil Young fan. But damn it, Neil, if you're going to be in concert in the United States, I don't need to hear your crap. For one thing, you're a Canadian. You're not even a U.S. citizen. Not knocking Canada. But I don't go up there and talk shit about your politics, so don't do it in our country. And there's a lot of bands and a lot of actors that do that. These award shows, come on. That didn't get you your Oscar or your Academy Award. You know, get over it. Yeah, it's funny you said that, too, uh, with the ticket prices, because Kid Rock just tweeted out that, Ticket prices for concerts and everything are outrageous now. Oh, he said, oh, the, the, yeah. he said it. Yeah, Kid Rock said it. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is, people should be able to enjoy music. It's and they're just trying to bank too much money off. Exactly, of them. that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and I wouldn't mind if if those entertainers want to get up and sing the praises of living in America. Mm-hmm. Sure. And talk about what a great nation this is, and and how we should be thankful that we can still live here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that we have to. We have to protect our freedoms and, and, and our country and the values that made us great. You know, if they want to talk about that, I'd say, yeah, go to it. But to get out and start trashing the country that, that allowed them to become multimillionaires or billionaires, mm, yeah. that, I got no time for that whatsoever. Yeah, and, and they're so oppressed. You know, we've got these athletes and stuff and they're they're talking about how oppressed they are and this and that but yep their contracts are eight nine ten million dollars a year boy that's awfully oppressed you've got so much to worry about you know it's funny uh you know in sales uh you don't talk bad about your competitor you talk about the good things that they do yeah. And then you also talk about the things that you improve on, mm-hmm. on the good things that they do. And, you know, in the politics now, it's like everything is just, it's all just talking shit about the yeah. other opponent instead of saying, you know, they they have made some good accomplishments in this area, but I can make some better accomplishments in this area. So that's yeah. why you should vote for me. Nobody talks about what they want to do if they're elected anymore. They talk about what this guy has done and can't do. Yep. So as we've, if we, as we've discussed many times on this show, uh, there are many factions out there that want to destroy America, that want us to be a communist nation. They want us to be a totalitarian nation, an authoritarian nation. Uh, they want to enslave the American people just like they've enslaved other people around the world. And that would give them the ability to enslave even more people around the world, right? Mm-hmm. But we're standing their way right now, so they've got to get rid of us and enslave us. And so, so we went from back in the you know sixties and seventies where you could have a Democrat and a, and a and a Republican saying, "Yeah, this is the problem," and we we here's our solution. And then the Republican says, "Well, here's our solution. We disagree on the solution, but we agree on the problem, mm-hmm. and this is what we have to fix." Right? It's not like that anymore. They, no, they don't fix it. It's right. So you know, for here's an example. Uh, for years, the Democrats hated NAFTA. 
Mm-hmm. Right? They yep. hated NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. Yep. They thought it was horrible, horrible, yep. horrible. Then, then a, a guy wearing a red baseball cap <laughs> runs for office, runs for, for president of the United States. <clears throat> he says he's going to get us out of NAFTA and renegotiate it. Oh, wait a minute. Trump hates NAFTA? Yeah. Oh, now they've got to love NAFTA mm-hmm. because he hates it. I mean, that's the kind of stupidity yeah. that we're yeah. seeing in our, in, our, in our country and our nation's politics. And that's got to stop. And, and the American people who actually vote have to start saying, if you're going to act like that, I'm not voting for you. Right. And I don't right. care if you're Republican or Democrat. If you're just there to stir the pot and say, I'm against whatever he's for, then we're not going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, who was it on Joe Rogan? Uh, he was a Kennedy. What is it? Oh, um, um, yes. Yeah, oh, the one that's Kennedy. out there now. Oh, no, no. Are you talking about uh, Bobby Kennedy? Uh, Robert Kennedy yeah, Jr.? Right. Yeah, he's, he's running, he's on the, yeah, running yeah. for president. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's a Democrat. But I have to give him mad props for going he's, on he's Joe right. Rogan yeah, and talking right. about the things. And he says that there is a war on the poor right now. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, you know, but I, I didn't know that he was a Democrat. I was just listening to him and think, thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I like a lot of the stuff this guy is saying. There are a couple of Democrats in the world that actually uh, make sense. A couple. I, I, I really do hope that, that he gets the Democrat nomination. Mm-hmm. The, uh, all the key, you know, the big, 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 big farm, big tech. Um, and and big media, you know the ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, um, CNN—they're all against him. They hate him. Oh yeah, they're going to trash him every which way that they possibly can, you and, know, and do their best to keep him off the ticket. But you know what? I would I would love to see uh, a Trump Kennedy matchup. I'd love to see Kennedy on the Democrat ticket, because even though there are a couple of major things I'd disagree with him on, mm-hmm. um, he would be so much better than, than Biden any day of the week. And yeah, so that's what I was going to say is, I, you know, I don't know too much about him, but just listening to him, you know, just a little bit, I didn't watch the whole three hour thing. I just yeah. saw a few clips of it here and there, but you know, he gave me the impression that what he's saying is that stuff he actually believes. Right. Where I think that Biden just lies through his he teeth and oh, eyeballs yeah, he any second he, he, he can. Does. He does. So yeah, he, I don't think Biden actually. I question whether he actually knows the difference. Exactly. Between like I said the beginning of the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't even know if he knows. You're right. I mean, it's like did you crap your pants. Oh, I, I mean, I, it, I think he. I think he believes at least in the moment, the stuff that he's saying. Yeah. And that's really dangerous. I mean, that's scary. The, the, the worst person in the world you could lie to, other than God, yeah. is yourself. Is yourself. And, and you would think his party would start to... Not, well, some of them are starting to notice it. They um, are. Obviously, but... Um, Thankfully. Wow, you know, uh, any talks of him running again, uh, I think are ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed. I'll still be amazed if he makes it through this term. Uh, I really will. <laughs> yeah. So... So yeah, so we'll see. But but here's the here are the two things that I have uh, against uh, Robert F Kennedy Jr. Just so you know, and then we'll move on mm-hmm. because we should really talk about what the show's about today. Um, <clears throat> after this break, no, uh, <laughs> the uh, the thing that about Kennedy, he's Catholic, and yet he supports abortion up to um, the f- end of the first trimester. Mm-hmm. So he thinks it should be legal. And I think, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that he thinks there should be restrictions on that. So it, it should be, he believes it should be available for certain reasons or under mm-hmm. certain conditions. I don't think he thinks just anybody for whatever reason right. should be able to do it. 
And so, um, so, but I disagree with that. I, I think that, it, that abortion should be illegal. It should be not permitted unless uh, the life of the mother is at stake, not the health of the mother, because all the person has to say is, well, it's bad for my mental health because I think it would be very stressful. I think it would be stressful to have a kid. But what if it so was... that's against my mental health. So, so when they say health, life or health, that's, that's an easy out to mean you can have it free and clear whenever you want for whatever reason. That's all I have to say. It's, it's a mental health issue. I'm against, I'm against abortion, too. Um, and let, like you're talking about is a different story. But the mental health thing, um, I look at it this way. I've lost a lot of friends uh, to suicide, and it was a mental health issue. Yeah. Um, what scares me is, is some of these, say, a younger girl, 13, 14, 15 years old, yeah. uh, pregnant because of rape, incest, things like that. The, the mental part of that, of having to carry through you know, the nine months and, and hopefully give the child up for adoption, you yeah. know, instead of kill it. I really worry about how that could affect a younger person, if that makes any sense. So yeah. I'm kind of on the fence there yeah, the, a little bit. And the bit. percentage of that is like probably point zero zero. You're probably right. Really You're small. probably right. It's really small. And what would happen if that young girl who was either raped or what well, was raped mm-hmm. um, got counseling? from someone who, you know, really cared about her and was willing to, you know, you would hold the yeah. walker through and, mm-hmm. and then provide a support system for her. Uh, it, it, whether If she doesn't have a loving family, there could be, you know, people in the church more than happy to work with someone like that and mm-hmm. help them through that pregnancy, sure, sure. help them understand what's going on and then make the child available for, uh, for adoption okay. after, yeah. after birth. Uh, th- there's so many other options that we don't talk. And so if we just think about it like in a vacuum, it's like, oh, yeah, what could we do? But we're not, we don't live in a vacuum, right? And there right. are lots of other options at people's disposal that we need to recognize and take advantage mm-hmm. of to make it possible for them to go through it. And, okay, and mo- Moving on. Did I interrupt yeah. you again? <laughs> so so uh, farm to famine. Maybe it should have been, maybe this show should have been titled Feast to Famine, but... The farmers are at great risk right now. They're, they're being attacked from multiple angles. One of them is, and this is interesting because I, I didn't actually see the video, so I'm trusting my sources who told me that Joe Biden said at one point, you know, I think a year ago, you know, we could be looking at food shortages. People have got to get ready for food shortages. Did you hear Biden say that? Yeah. I, I, okay, I didn't hear him say mm-hmm. it, but I'm trusting that, okay. So... If he believes that, whatever the cause, I mean, assuming that it's a natural cause, mm-hmm. because the earth is burning up because of carbon dioxide, assuming he believes that, wouldn't it behoove him to initiate and support policies from his administration that would make it easier for American farmers to grow food? Yeah. Wouldn't that make You'd sense? you think so, Sure. If, if it was going to be, if he even thought that there was a possibility that we could have food shortages for whatever reason, wouldn't it make sense for him to initiate policies, maybe cut down on some red tape, maybe eliminate some of the administrative burdens, some of the regulations that are there right now that are making it more difficult for farmers to farm? So that it would make it easier for farmers to farm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make sense? Sure. That's called problem solving 101, isn't it? Yeah. If you're an administrator? Mm, yeah. I would think so. But he's not doing that, is he? he? He's kind of actually doing 
just the opposite. He's doing just the opposite. He's making, he's supporting legislation and more regulations and making things harder on farmers. And, and you, you know what ESG is, right? Environmental and social governance. Oh, right? ESG, yeah. ESG. That's actually the new, that's the euphemism. Remember? You might feel a little pinch. Yeah. That's euphemism mm-hmm. for fascism. Sure. It's big, corpor- big corporations getting in bed with big government, and you're the one that pays the price for that, right? And your freedoms pay the price for that, and your ability to uh, live like an American. So what we have is we've got, we've got groups like Summit Carbon Solutions. Heard of Summit Carbon Solutions? Well, if you haven't yet, you will. They are a company that is uh, trying to put a pipeline together to stretch from... Oh, yeah, I heard about Yeah, Kate was talking about this yesterday on her show. Was she? They, they're, they're trying to store carbon. Store carbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to run it through a high-pressure line. It's going to go through Montana. I believe it's Montana, Minnesota, South Dakota, and terminate in North Dakota. This is a high-pressure pipeline where they're going to pressurize carbon dioxide and pipe it to a storage facility underground mm-hmm. in good old North Dakota. Which has zero benefit to anything. <laughs> um, it's funny that you talk about this because, and I would just tell everybody to listen to Common Sense Uncensored uh, yesterday with Kit, because she had a couple of farmers on her show talking about how this company is coming on their farmland yes. with giant equipment That's ruining right. their crops yes. and then trying to get restraining orders against the farmers so that they can't even... The farmers can't even go there and tell them to get off their land. Off so, their own land, yeah. yeah. So, so, th- so that's, that's one of the things that we're going to uh, we're going to talk about a little bit on the Great Reset. I didn't know that she covered that. I'm glad that she did, because the more people that are talking about that, the better. Uh, but we'll cover that in a little bit. Uh, what, what we'll do is, so she made the cake, and today on the Great Reset, we'll frost it. Hey, hey I like that one. That was a good that one. one. Isn't that something? <laughs> Man, you're pretty good. You know, there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Oh, for heaven's cakes. That's where they come in, right? Best cupcakes and cakes. It doesn't matter. Maybe you just got the munchies. Maybe you got a special occasion coming up. Stop in or you can call them up and order. All right. If you're a business owner, you want to treat your employees to a special little treat, check out their monthly employee discounts. Oh, for heaven's cakes. They are on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. Right down the hall here. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4. Saturdays, 9 to noon. You can call them up, 701-757-CAKE. That's 757-2253. Or go to Overhemmonscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Overhemmons Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. If you're looking for a cake job, I think they might still be hiring too. Check them out, Overhemmons Cakes. Back in the Great Reset, Farm to Famine with David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Of course, Paul, the producer, and myself sitting in on the show today. So the uh, so this whole thing really kind of came to light when Ed Fishbach, who's a farmer from South Dakota, um, got a letter in the mail saying that uh, this company uh, was going to, you know, Carbon Summit, uh, Summit Carbon Solutions was going to be doing a little bit of surveying on his land. And his wife's going, what? And he's a fourth generation farmer. Mm-hmm. So this guy, is, he's been in it for a while. And um, he found out that they want to come on his land. He didn't give them permission. They came on anyway. 
Uh, in fact, well, do they have sovereignty or whatever you call sovereignty, it? Can, sovereignty. sovereignty? No. Can here's, they just so do that? What they're trying happening. to do is eminent domain. They're doing. They're okay. using eminent domain laws in order to get on the land. But they're not a government agency. So it's, no. it's so. Here's the problem. They in South Dakota, for example, um, the the eminent domain laws are a little bit. Um, they're not. They're not. They're not specific enough. Okay. And so these guys are slipping through loopholes. Here's a quote from South Dakota State Representative Carla Lems. Um, she's a Republican. Says the pipeline project uh, is taking advantage of these loopholes and uh, of eminent domain. Uh, South Dakota SCL 49-7-11 states, quote, any pipeline companies owning a pipeline which is a common carrier as defined by 49-7-11 may exercise the right of eminent domain in acquiring right-of-way as prescribed by statute. And so so Summit Carbon filed a project permit with the state's uh, Public Utilities Commission and then... Um, so that they're going to, and they're going to decide in December whether or not they let, let it move forward. Four other states concerning the pipeline are Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. I said Montana. It's Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, and North Dakota. <clears throat> so there, there are other folks that are, that are pushing back. Um, the, uh, uh, let me see here. The, uh, the House, Lems said that she, she sponsored a bill, it was House Bill 1133, which sought to define a commodity for the purpose of qualifying as a common carrier. So they, she was, they were basically saying that a company transporting carbon dioxide by pipeline is not a common carrier. Mm-hmm. Because they're saying that they're transporting it, that they're going to store it, and then they're going to use it to make things like, you know, really good things like, you know, fertilizer and, and uh, uh, other... Um, you know, fuels, mm-hmm. polymers, chemicals, things like that. That oh, we're going to use CO two for good purposes. It's going to be a big boon to the economy. Look, please, I, I wonder if they've got a bridge that they'd like to sell us. <laughs> um, but people are some people are falling for it, and they're they're claiming this is the Summit Carbon is claiming. That to date, 2,800 landowners, landowner, landowners have signed 4,520 easement agreements, accounting for 14,010 miles of their proposed pipeline route and 135,000 acres of their proposed sequestrations, uh, sequestration site. Uh, she told that to the Epic Times. And then they compare that to the Dakota Access Pipeline, which, which, which was 1,172 miles. Mm-hmm. So their pipeline's even longer. The problem is uh, they want to bury this carbon dioxide under high pressure in North Dakota. And they're saying, here's what they say. uh, Isn't that like ignitable? No, it's not. Actually, carbon dioxide extinguishes flames. Mm -hmm. It also extinguishes human beings and uh, most other uh, mammalian life Mm -hmm. forms and birds. Summit Carbon System includes carbon. Here's here's what they say. Summit, summit the Summit Carbon System includes carbon capture, transportation, and storage, while utilizing long-standing technology that is reliable and proven to be safe for landowners and community. That sounds familiar. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, I was thinking. I'm glad you said that, Paul, because I was thinking the exact same thing. That sounds familiar. I bet their system is safe and effective. Yeah. 
Well, better be. So before anybody gets too excited about, oh, they're going to be able to make what, what they're saying, uh, emerging uses, emerging uses of carbon capture include construction materials, industrial gas and fluids, fuel, polymers and chemicals, and more. Hey, this is going to be a great economic boom for those people, right? <clears throat> well, it's going to be a boom, but it's not going to be that kind of boom. So I want to just go back a, a few years to August 21st, 1986. And uh, uh, a village in Cameroon, South Africa called Nios. And there was a big lake in Nios, Lake Nios. Um, <clears throat> There's a fellow on his bicycle who was traveling from, uh, from Woon, uh, Cameroon, to Nios. It's the neighboring village. He's on his bicycle, and he rides in. And he's, he, he rides into the village, and there's a, oh, there's a dead, uh, what was I think it was a gazelle on the side of the road, which he assumed maybe, you know, died from a lightning strike. It was clearly mm-hmm. uh, dead, mm-hmm. recently dead, so he strapped it to his bike because th- that's food, right? Sure, sure. He goes a little farther and he sees multiple dead animals on the side of the road and in the off in the field. And he assumes now, wow, maybe there was some kind of a, like a, you know, a, a, a thunderstrike, mm-hmm. a lightning strike. They killed these animals. He goes into the village. He sees people lying dead on the ground in the village. He goes into one of the huts and everyone's dead. Everyone is dead in the village. He literally run, He leaves his bike. He runs back to Woon to let people know all these dead people, all these dead people in, in Nio. Well, then the America, America, you know, we send in scientists and they go and they find that the lake, Lake Nio is very strangely dark brown. So they know the lake is the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. But they still didn't know what the problem was. So anyway, they our scientists, we got smart guys. They went in. They, they figured out that what happened was there was a massive pocket of carbon dioxide that built up under the lake. And at some point, it just released very suddenly. And it killed 17,000 people in that village. Wow. Uh, actually, it's estimated 17 to 18,000. Capers. Um, I'm sorry, 100, 1,700, oh, 1,700, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. 1,700 to 1,800 people. Yep. But that's still, that's, a, that's almost sure. 2,000 people. Yeah. Yep. Dead from carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. Carbon dioxide is what we exhale. I mean, it's primarily what's in our lungs when we exhale, yep. right? It's plant food. Plants intake carbon dioxide and they release, they convert it to oxygen. We intake oxygen and we convert it to carbon dioxide. It's kind of a really good symbiosis, isn't it? Right? This, we've got this wonderful system mm-hmm. where the plants produce what we need to breathe in and we produce what the plants need to breathe right. in. Uh, good greenhouses uh, around the world used to, some of them still do, pump carbon dioxide into the greenhouse because it makes the plants grow better. But they're saying it's a greenhouse gas and it's <laughs> causing global warming. You know how much carbon dioxide's in the atmosphere? A lot. Um, it's actually one, it's less than, less than one-tenth of one percent. I, I, I said that correctly. The amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, on, like here in this room, is less than one-tenth mm-hmm. of one percent. Maybe after we finish talking, it'll be a little bit more than one-tenth of one yeah. percent. 
right? Because well, you don't have any plants right. in here to convert. No, it yeah, oxygen, I, and I saw that uh, that politician grilling the environmental. I think it was the EPA asking them how much they think is in the air, and they're none of them knew the answer, and they're all like, "Oh no, five percent, seven percent, eight percent." And he's like, you guys are the experts on yeah. this greenhouse gas, yeah. and you don't even know they don't. what the percentage is? Because they're, they're, really, they're, they're not experts on reality. They're experts on their big story that they're trying to scare us all with so that we'll let them uh, lock us down and take our ability to drive cars and heat our homes and cool our homes and grow crops and, and live. Uh, and that way a lot of us will die, and then they'll be happy because that's their goal. So remember what we are, the, the statement, beginning with the end in mind? The end is their goal is to kill a lot of people. Our goal is to stop them. That's yeah, a, I mean, that's so, that simple. you know, I mean, could this thing explode? Because, I mean, it's pressurized. It's pressurized. That's right. So let's say that that pressurized carbon dioxide is running through your town. Or let's say that those that it's being stored underneath your town or somewhere close to you. And have you ever heard of a terrorist attack? Oh, yeah. Somebody decides, hey, I'm going to blow that thing up. Once or twice, yeah. Carbon dioxide is colorless, odorless, mm-hmm. tasteless. And boom, it shows up. You can't breathe anymore. They, they estimate that the scientists who, who went to, uh, to this, this village in, in Cameroon uh, estimate that the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere when that lake released all that massive bubble of carbon dioxide was about 10%. Wow. No, 10% kills you. 10% carbon dioxide in the atmosphere kills you because there's not because it displaces oxygen and it's like breathing it's like breathing to a, a it's like putting a plastic bag over your head mm-hmm. and not taking it off. It fills up with carbon dioxide. Isn't that the canary test? Pardon me. When you when people would go in a cave, they'd bring a canary. Yeah, a canary. canary. The canary, yeah, to see, because it could be carbon dioxide, it could be other gases, yeah. but any gas that we can't see or taste or smell. That can kill that, you. Yep. Like natural gas, for example, doesn't have any odor. We add mm-hmm. an odorant when we pump it to your house. Just in case so you can smell a leak. If it leaks, then mm-hmm. you can smell it. Yeah, but sure. if, if we don't add that odorant to make it smell like rotten eggs, you won't smell yeah, it, I and mean, it will kill you. They could have made it, you know, smell like, strawberries or something <laughs> you know but then people wouldn't be scared of it oh that's and true they would like it you know oh oh that's a nice guys be over oh. their pink elephant thing did you get a new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i think it's a good smell so here's so the, there's a war on farmers land they're taking people's land uh summit carbon solutions is showing up on on farmers lands without permission with armed guards to survey the land so that they can take the land. See, the I, in. I, I have <laughs> such a hard time with that. I mean, I get it if they think we need it or whatever. But, um, you know, 39.9 million acres of farmland in North Dakota. That's, that's almost 90% of the land in North Dakota's farmland. But still, it's somebody's land. That's right. It, that's the thing. It is somebody's land that's that they probably private. worked half their life to get, or it's oh, been in their family generations. for generations. I think it's right. called private property yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. That, that, that is it. And, and here's the thing. The primary, I've said one of the primary planks, it is the primary plank of communism, is no, private pro- no, no property ownership. Right, right. That you cannot own property. That's the foundation of communism. 
no such thing as property ownership. You know, property ownership goes all the way back to the Bible. Land ownership, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so we, we need to, uh, to recognize that the enemy wants to take that idea away from us completely. And they want to take away our land as well. And so it's incumbent on farmers, because at this point, farmers need to recognize what's going on. Mm-hmm. I spoke with a farmer a couple of days ago. Actually, it was, I think, yesterday. And, and he has, here's the other problem. Um, have, have, you, have you heard of Farmgate? Actually, it's not Farmgate, it's Farmgates. No, you just heard of it because that's the new phrase I just coined. Oh, it. Bill Gates buying up all the farmland. Bill Gates mm-hmm. buying up all the farmland that he can. And why is he doing that? I don't. Th- I don't see Bill Gates in bib overalls. I don't either. With mud under his fingernails, I don't see that happening. I think he's got a very different plan. Remember, he's the guy that wants us to eat bugs. Yeah. He doesn't want us growing dairy cows or beef cows or anything like that. He he wants us eating bugs. I mean, you know, maybe he's just one of those guys that says, well, they don't make any more of it. I'm going to buy it up while I can because it's worth money and I'll just rent it out. But automatically we think, I don't think that's what he's thinking. Well, and I agree with you. Yeah. If you look at his track record, Mm -hmm. right, this is the same guy who who years ago did this big seminar where he's the speaker. And I don't know if this is a TED talk. Someone is telling me they watched this. And Gates had this box. I think it was like a screen box. And he was talking to his audience about how we have to limit the population of the world so that we can survive. Because, you know, the carrying capacity of the world is only so much. And if we exceed it, we're all in trouble. And he said, so in this little cage, this little, this little box, he, he said, I've got, uh, you know, 200 mosquitoes who are all carrying malaria. And he does this little speech, and at the end of the speech, he opens the box. And everybody claps. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Release malaria-bearing, malaria-bearing mosquitoes into the room where we all are. Now, I, I don't think there were any mosquitoes in there, and if they did, I don't think any of them had malaria. But that's the way that this guy thinks. I personally think he's a nutcase. Yeah. A, a very rich nutcase. You know, it, money does that to uh, a lot of sure people, does. doesn't it? Remember Howard Hughes? That guy at one point was considered a brilliant scientist or a brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. aviator. He, you know, he, and when he died? Yeah, a little, little well, weird there. A little well, messed I mean, up. I, I would think that if you were to say, be, be like Bill Gates' psychologist, or psychiatrist, I mean. Yeah. Um, you could just say, Bill, I mean, you have, like, more money than anybody. Uh, I mean, when is the time to stop? Except and George Soros. And his answer would be, when I have everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, he is right. not the richest right. man in the world. No, but, he's not. Um, or the he, United States, but, he, but he's worth $117.2 billion. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when he bought this land uh, up around the Grafton area, um, he bought it from, from well, Tom Campbell. Campbell, Campbell Farms, uh, 2,100 acres. Um, you know, I, I could see if you were thinking about selling and getting out of farming, it would look awfully attractive to get rid of that much land in one shot. 
But I would imagine it would take a little time, but I would imagine they would have no problem at all selling that land to local farmers in the area that would, you know, hopefully be able to add a little bit of land to their farm. So I've got a friend who is a farmer uh, up in the Calvin area, Mm -hmm. and he said that Tom got taken. He he said, I remember we got like 6.2 million or something like that. And this farmer that I was talking to, who, by the way, is also a really good North Dakota uh, state senator, uh, said he could have easily gotten ten percent more. Oh, than sure. He got. Yeah, yeah. But it was all one big chunk. So what the right. heck? So, oh, that's mm-hmm. a big. Oh, I could live off of that. Yeah, six point two million or whatever, six point whatever million. That you know what I call that? I I call that greed. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust. I wouldn't trust Bill Gates as far as I could throw him against one hundred and fifty mile an hour wind. Sure. I don't trust that guy. A guy that pretends to release malaria. Yeah. Be- you get a weird sense of humor there, Billy. Into a room full of people. Uh, oh, here's a little interesting tidbit. Just to give you an idea of how this guy continues to think. Remember the malaria mosquitoes? Yeah. He just gave Xi Jinping, 50, I, I forget, either $50 million or $100 million to study, guess what disease? Malaria. <laughs> Guess what disease is not a problem in China? Mm-hmm. Malaria. malaria. They don't have malaria in China. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> They're building a lab. Why would Bill Gates give China $50 million or $100 million to study a disease that that country doesn't have a problem with? And he and she are like this. Yeah. Bill Gates and President Xi, just like this. They're buddies, good buddies. That's funny. He's also good buddies with uh, Governor Doug Burgum. Hmm. Well, you know what they say, politics makes strange bedfellows. Mm, yep. That used to be, by the way, just an expression of speech. Now, Right. But anyway, uh, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just mm. saying... I, why would you want to be good buddies with somebody who's good buddies with the leader of the Chinese Communist Party? Why would you want to do that? Why would you? Why, his wife divorced him because he was buddies with, with uh, Epstein. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. She maybe came, somebody she should, came out okay. Maybe somebody should. <laughs> maybe somebody should uh, send a memo to uh, Governor Burgum and let him know what his buddy Bill is up to buying all this farmland in North Dakota. So. So let's just think about that. This is the guy who releases... You think he doesn't know? Burgum's over there making signing laws for him. <laughs> Did you hear that, North Dakota? So, so this is the same guy that says, I'm releasing a bunch of mosquitoes as vectors for malaria into this room, mm-hmm. is now paying China $50 million or more to do research on malaria... And guess what? We just had a weird outbreak of in the United States. One in, I think there was one or two in Texas, a couple in Florida. Malaria. I think it's six different people in the U.S. last week. Now, last the, week, week or two, came down with malaria. And that's happened before. If sure. you travel to South Africa and mm-hmm. you're there for a while, whether you're doing missionary work yep. or visiting or whatever, you get bitten by a, a mosquito and it takes a couple of weeks for it to show up. Mm-hmm. You come back to the U.S. and, oh, I got malaria. You go in, you feel lousy, diarrhea, all the stuff, and you have malaria. But, John, guess what? 
If you haven't left your state, how do you get malaria? Somebody brought it here. <laughs> well, that would seem like a logical answer, wouldn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, the health experts are saying, the public health experts, we don't know how this happened. This is weird. Yeah, go figure. Because we don't have malaria here, and yet these people who never left the state got bitten by mosquitoes that were carrying malaria, and now they've got malaria. And Bill Gates just, let's connect the dots, folks. You, you know, when he does something like that, say he was a guest in the studio, and he said, well, you know, watch this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to release these mosquitoes in here, and they're carrying malaria. It would be on live film of me getting up and beating the living crap out of him. How come people can't do that when he just shows up in an auditorium and says, I'm going to do this? Why don't they rush the stage and kick his ass? I mean, well, they were, pr- they were so happy. They were proud of him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the people that would go watch him, I suppose. Yeah. yeah all kind of in the same group there. So, so we have the, we've got the demonstration of what happened at Lake Nyos. I think it was, I think it's Nyos. I think that's the name, okay. of, the, the name of the lake, the name of the village, Nyos. I think I said Nyos before, but it's Nyos. Um, and, and then we've got the Bill Gates China partnership with the malaria connection. Now we've got, we've got people getting malaria in the United States who haven't left the country. Mm-hmm. We've got American farmers send, selling money to Bill Gates farmland to Bill Gates. And I talked with a farmer yesterday who said, here's the problem. He said, when farmers sell their their land, they don't just put a price on it and then try to sell it, right? Mm -hmm. They put it up for sale. And then other farmers or interested parties come and bid on it. Yep. And and what you obviously want to do is you want to select the highest bid. Mm -hmm. He said, the problem is that Bill Gates is always the highest bidder. How can you outbid him? How can you outbid him? Pretty tough. You can't. Mm-hmm. So this is our suggestion. Midwest Public Health Coalition has a suggestion to farmers who are trying to sell land. We don't. We don't. You know, we don't in any way think you're a bad guy for wanting to sell your farmland because there comes a time when you want to move on, or you mm-hmm. want to move out, or you want sure. to do something else. So there's nothing wrong with selling your farmland, but we would just make this request. Just don't sell to Bill Gates. Yeah. Um, take, take less. Take what it's worth. Some farmer's going to offer you what it's worth. And even though you could get more for it, decide between your conscience, mora- your morality, what's right, what's best for the country. Sure. And who this wacko, this nutcase is, who wants to kill billions of people around the world and say, you know what? I don't think I want to sell it to a guy that wants to kill billions of people around the world. I don't think I want to sell it to him. So I'll take less money. You know what that makes you? A good American. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I thought for a second, well, maybe it'll be corporate farming, whatever, but it's Bill Gates and it's not going to happen. But no. it's another thing uh, that I'm against is corporate farming. I mean, we talk about possibly being a food shortage or whatever, but who cares as long as it's being grown or grew by somebody or, you know, harvested. Um, but that does scare me. When we were young, um, a typical farm would be, you know, what, a section or two? And you, you're doing pretty good back when we were kids. There, I probably knew 30 farmers, 40 farmers when I was growing up. Now I could probably count the, the number of farmers I know on one hand. Probably count them on one hand. Yeah. And, and I've been dying to ask you this question, but um, uh, have you ever been asked this? Do you miss the America that you grew up in? 
Absolutely. Because uh, I was asked that question the other day. Uh, we were talking, and uh, they said, do you miss the America you grew up in? And I, thought, I never thought about it that way, but, oh, man, do I ever. I, I've actually thought about it many times. I think back to uh, when I graduated from high school, which was uh, uh, 70, you know, mm-hmm. late 70s, and it was very different. Our whole culture was different. There was we didn't have quite the patriotic fervor that we used to, but we kind of. I mean, you know, nineteen seventy six. That was the, mm-hmm. the bicentennial the year, yeah. bicentennial year, and and that was a big deal. And you know, people put up flags and streamers and had parades and did all that kind of stuff to celebrate America. Uh, we passed the Civil Rights Act in nineteen sixty four, making making discrimination based on sex, religion. Well country of national origin, mm-hmm. uh, uh, ethnicity, illegal. You couldn't discriminate on someone based on the color of their skin anymore. Before 1964, you le- legally could do that. So America really, I think, blossomed in the 1970s and 80s. But there were other people that were wanting to take our country in a different direction. And they had a slow plan. You know, it's a, the long, slow plan. And it's been working because, you know... How do you, how do you, let's use a new, instead of going with the frog in the water analogy, let's, let's do the other one. How do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yep. Yep. And they've been doing it very slowly. One, a little bite here, a little bite there, a little bite here, a little bite there. They've taken over the Democrat party. They've taken over much of the Republican party and they've taken over the country and caused us to begin to eat ourselves. And if we don't wake up and, and, and stop them from doing it and say, wait a minute, we got to get back to the values of the 60s and 70s and say, hey, this is a great country. Look, I, I've mentioned this once before. When I was a little kid, a little, 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 I mean, I was just, I was not a toddler anymore. I was a little, I wasn't even in school. And my parents went, we lived in Sacramento and uh, my parents went out on a date. They went to a movie or did something, I don't know. And they brought me and my brother to somebody's house to babysit us. And I remember they had a pool. It was in California. Mm-hmm. Well, we couldn't go in the pool. We wanted to go in the pool, and they wouldn't let us. But there was a teenager or some, you know, I don't know, 13, 14, 15-year-old girl taking care of us. And when my parents got back, they said to her, I remember this vividly. They said President Kennedy was just shot. Oh, boy. And, and it doesn't look good. This, our babysitter... She burst into tears. She started crying. That's what a lot of people did back then. Mm -hmm. A lot of people did back then. It didn't matter whether you were Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. The president was shot. That's a a tragedy. That's horrible. Yeah. Today. People would applaud it. They'll break out their phones and TikTok it. We are are living in wicked, wicked times. Mm -hmm. And it's because it doesn't matter what's happened with technology. Technology's gone up, morality's gone down. And if we don't reclaim that, each one of us has an opportunity and I think an obligation, both before God and to our country, to begin to re-civilize ourselves, mm-hmm. to start recognizing that you know, things like common courtesy and using manners and uh, watching our tongue and not letting ourselves just spout off anything that happens to fly into our head... Mm-hmm. Or like that guy that walked by with his pants around his ankles. Oh, jeez. That, that each one of us either... Look, here's the bottom line. 
each one of us either adds to the civility of our country or we or we diminish the civility right. of our country yep. by our own personal behavior. So this is a little bit off topic, but um, since we're telling stories, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know if it's what the rules are. Maybe it's a safety concern, but, and, you know, we're going to actually, you could probably talk about this tomorrow because we're going to have uh, Sertoma uh, on the show. Oh. They, they talk about, they put on the fireworks show here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've seen, I've, you know, I've watched that every year, like yeah. pretty much my Me entire too. life. Yep. yep. And it's awesome, you know, cause in the, you know, the, the, uh, song, you know, the bombs bursting yeah, in air. Yeah. Um, yes. But for the first time, I was in Devil's Lake last year for the 4th of July, and you can light off fireworks in town. Ah. And it was such an amazing experience because when you talk about, like, the bombs bursting in air, yeah. there are fireworks going off from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m. <laughs> and I mean, and, and it's just all over the city, the yeah. whole entire city. It's yeah, like, right, right. I mean, it almost sounds like you're in a war zone. Yeah, right. But it's a celebration, and it's so cool. I, you know, so just instead of just everybody being have, having to go to this one event, everybody's celebrating just right from where they are, and yeah, everybody's sure. going by and seeing everybody light off all their stuff yeah. all throughout the city. It was so cool. That used to be the way it was in Grand Forks. Grand Forks used to be open. Do you remember that, John? Oh, yeah. Grand Forks, you light off firecrackers yep. in your front yard, backyard, wherever you want, just not the neighbor's yard, unless they gave you permission. But yeah, well, I remember you know lighting bottle rockets in our mm-hmm. driveway. And firecrackers. And by the way, that's a good opportunity for me to just point out a little bit of Second, Amem- uh, Second Amendment, uh, uh, not trivia, but uh, you know what a gunshot sounds like? Yeah. Like a firecracker. Kind of. It mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it does in the movies. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds like a firecracker. A lot of people have died because some wacko starts shooting people out in public. And they hear the shots, but they think it's firecrackers. Mm-hmm. They think it's firecrackers because that's what firecrackers sound like, and that's what gunshots sound like. They sound the same. I just want to say, can you go back? I'm sorry, uh, Dean, can you go back to the, uh, the, the dates? Because several people put up, put up dates for the, for the uh, sorry, dates and population. Yeah. yeah I, just wanna, I just want to be able to. 1804, because, 1 billion. Where do we have it? I just want to read that because... This is the way the population of the world has changed. Yeah, 1 billion, 1 billion people worldwide in 1804, 2 billion in 1927, 3 billion in 1960, 4 billion in 1974. We're at 5 billion in 1987. That's the year I became a Christian. Uh, sixth year in 1998, 7 billion in 2010. Look at this. It went from, it's interesting because... They're all about 12 years. From... from from three billion in 1960 to four billion in 1974, but it took, yeah, 12 years to go from uh, from seven billion to eight billion. You would think that as the population increases, the increase in population would be much greater. It wouldn't. It would be not linear, but it would be. Uh, uh, what's the word? Like a snowball uh, effect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, uh, what's the word. Uh, it would increase exponentially. exponentially. Thank you. Yeah, but it doesn't. But it go Dean. It, it's it's consistently, consistently uh, about twelve. So eight billion in twenty twenty two. Eight billion in twenty twenty two. I I don't remember the numbers because, but I've seen them. Uh, 
But the, the calculations without any nonsense, mumbo-jumbo, political garbage, is that the actual capacity of the earth uh, in terms of population growth, what we could sustain through the modern farming methods that we have, not even farming methods that are going to be developed five or ten years down the road, but the methods that we have for farming right now, is something like 20 billion people. Yeah. So uh, we've got a ways to go before we reach that. And if we increase by one, by, if we continue to increase by only 12 billion a year, excuse me, 12 billion, excuse me, 1, 1 billion, billion every year. 12 years, 1 billion every 12 years, in order to go from 8 billion to 20 billion, okay, do the math, Dean, what's 12 times eight no 12 <laughs> hold on 96 years almost 100 years to figure out how to how to how to feed more people than we have right now more more anyway it, population growth isn't the problem the problem is tyrannical governments and and wackadoodles who who are out there who wanted to kill bunches of people like some of the folks we've already mentioned. I think that that's exactly what Bill Gates' plan is. I mean, he's talked about it. Mm-hmm. We need to do a, a reduction in the population. Well, that's called murder. Sure. That's how you do that. That's murder. Or he can sterilize people, which he's been trying to do for years in Africa. I, I, maybe the problem is he thinks that he's going to live forever and everybody lives forever because that's why it's kind of more of a linear thing for every kid that's born. There's an old guy that dies. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Never yeah, thought about it that way. One thing that Bill Gates hasn't thought about this way is that uh, it's just a matter of time before he stands before God and is going to be judged mm-hmm. for his sins. And I'll be honest with you, I would not want to be in Bill Gates' shoes right now. I really would not want to be in his shoes on that day. Um, I'm hoping, David, you're going to wear that hat a week from today. Yes, sir, I sure uh, I would sport that very proudly. I do, and uh, even though it's, I, we have to get back to the keep make America, America make, make America, America great, great because again. America is not great right no, now. No, it's not. I only wear this. I wear this hat because people still know what it means. Are, are, is our country in distress? They know what it for. We're in we're in deep distress. Okay, because it's I have had people give me a hard time. time about my flag being yep. upside down. Yep. Uh, in fact, my flag was a little tattered. My new one just came in the mail yesterday, so I will do the correct thing, and I'll probably do it on a week from today yep. uh, and burn my old flag and, yep. and put the new one up again upside down. Right. Um, thank you for coming in again. My pleasure. Uh, I enjoyed you, today immensely. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for two weeks. Um, have yourself a great Independence Day. Thank you, sir. You too. Happy Independence Day. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, let's go USA. All right. Thank you very Amen. much. There you go. Farm to famine, the great reset. And again, thank you to David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. And of course, Paul, the producer, our show today brought to you by Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. 
Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, there you go. Hey, uh, by the way, tomorrow, Paul Wayne from the Sertoma Club will stop in. Uh, we're going to be talking about the big Sertoma 4th of July celebration at Grand Forks. Uh, like Paul said, you know, the fireworks and all that fun stuff going on. You probably see the posters around town, but we'll talk with Paul Wayne about that tomorrow. Uh, remember, everybody, to like, share, tag, and follow us, okay? Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. That way you'll never miss a show. You know, the Grand Cities are an awesome place. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.